Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll save 55% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Michaela Perkins. And joining us for this conversation about two of the most interesting teams in all of Major League Baseball is writer for MLB.com, Steve Gilbert. Thanks, Steve. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Yeah, I might need some of that to keep me awake during some of these games. Uh, you know, it's good that that's a sponsor. I like that. It helps. Especially Coffee when and baseball might. Right? Uh, yes. Oh, coffee and baseball. It doesn't get better than that. My two favorite things. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially for the day games after the night games, the coffee comes in really handy. Yeah, it's <laughs> absolute necessity for those. So we do want to talk a little bit about where these two teams are at currently as, as they play a weekend series here at Coors Field. But let's back up a minute and take a, a wider angle lens at two teams that are kind of in a post-era Right, a couple of superstar players have moved on for the Diamondbacks. It's Paul Goldschmidt, Zach Granke for the Rockies. It's Nolan Arenado before that, DJ LeMahieu. Um, and you know, out here, there's a real sense that the Rockies haven't committed to a rebuild one way or the other. They don't know what they're going to do with Trevor Story. There's no real direction. No one knows what they're planning on doing. Where do the Diamondbacks fall on that scale, uh, in your sense, and, and where the fans are at in terms of? hopeful for the future or just grinding through like the rest of us at losing baseball games every day? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a great, great question. I, I think that one of the things for the Diamondbacks is that they do have a highly rated farm system and they do have some, uh, some really highly touted prospects. Now we talk about injuries, but of course their number one prospect Corbin Carroll uh, hit a homer, uh, I think his second or third night of the minor league season and dislocated his shoulder in the process and is out for the rest of the year. But uh, aside from that, <laughs> the, the injuries seem to go through the whole organization. They are doing; they have a pretty good farm system, so I think that they they do feel like there is a there is reason for optimism in the very near future. Uh, Mike Hazen, their general manager, has never been a big fan of a, a complete teardown. He just doesn't like that notion. Uh, would like to avoid that if at all possible. So they've kind of you know sold off certain pieces at times. Paul Goldschmidt a year before free agency. Uh, Zach Greinke to free up some money, but in the process, they they got guys that they thought were you know major league ready or close to it, um, whether that's a Carson Kelly, a Luke Weaver, um, and Josh Rojas, some of the guys they got back for Greinke. Um, so it, they they are not really committed to a full rebuild, so to speak. They still believe they can be competitive, but they do have uh, some some really good kids down on the farm that they feel like are are, are coming sooner rather than later. And as we found out this year, uh, much sooner rather than later. Always tough when they're they're forced into it, right? We know how that goes. Oh no, did Michaela freeze again? Oh, we got. We I'm got here. Time I'm here. I mean, we were talking about this. Oh, go ahead, Michaela. Go ahead. I was gonna say we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but I think there's 11 players on the injured list right now for the Diamondbacks. I mean, what is going on down there? Is everyone okay? <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I if I if I had an answer to that, I, I would be able to retire. I'm sure they'd pay me enough to, to retire if I could tell them how to avoid all these injuries. But it, it's really it's been crazy. It's been, you know, it seems like every day the first thing Tori Lavello does when he sits down, and this is never a good sign for his pre uh, pre-game media session, is run down a list of rehab guys and who's, you know, making progress and where they're at. And uh, you know, there's a lot of injuries around baseball. It just seems like there are a few teams that have been hit particularly hard, and the Diamondbacks are one of them. I mean, they've lost really key players for long periods of time, whether it's Cattell Marte, Cole Calhoun, um, Christian Walker. Uh, Carson Kelly was carrying the offense for a while. Now he's hurt. Uh, so it's been, uh, you know, when I even touched on the, the fact that a bunch of their starting pitchers are gone too. So it's it's been uh, a year where I think Tori gets nervous every time a, a trainer stops by his, his office to to give him any update. Oh, you hate to see it. That's tough. Yeah, the, no one, you, you never root for injuries. You know, it's it, even when, you know, I, I saw some people in the Rockies community being like when Dustin May went down, being like, oh, you know, thank God we're not going to have to face that guy. I was like, I want to watch that guy pitch. Man, it's it's good for the game. Come on, let's see these young, good players play. There's nothing good about injuries for anybody. You want to beat the best at their best. This Let's get them when they're without their guy stuff. That's, nah, I don't like that. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's what fans want to see. They want to see these great, these some of these exciting young players, especially. And you know, then Mike Trout goes down with an injury, and I, I think that the more, the more, the more these star players that are down, the 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 tougher it is for baseball in terms of marketing itself uh, to the fans. So I think all of baseball. That's a it's a great point that you make. That you know, I think all of baseball would be better served with that kind of attitude. Like, how do we keep these guys healthy? How do we keep them on the field? Because that's what fans want to, you know, they want to see, they want to see these guys. So Steve, a lot of times on these series preview shows, what we would do now is take a look at the probable pitchers and sort of <laughs> kind of predict how the series is going to go. We got Seth Frankoff. Yeah, that's right, Seth Frankoff tonight, and then if I am, uh, and then TBA, who's been a, TBA, a lot TBA. of games for the Diamondbacks this year. TBA has uh, made almost a record number of starts so far for the Diamondbacks. Uh, yeah, they've been. You know, first off, Seth Frankoff is is a guy who uh, went over to Korea and kind of you know reinvented himself over there. Uh, a lot like Merrill Kelly uh, did for the Diamondbacks. He's been a, a success story for them. Now, Seth Frankoff hasn't, uh, you know, had the kind of experience that Merrill, Merrill Kelly's had. He's only started one game for them. Um, but they liked what they saw in that first in that first start from him. And so they're going to give him another chance. It's not always the easiest places in the world to pitch, Coors Field. So uh, we'll see how he handles that. Uh, but then, you know, again, TBA the next two days. And, and we they just came off a Dodgers series, a four-game series with the Dodgers where – it was Madison Bumgarner, TBA, TBA, TBA. And then two of those TBAs, the middle two games, we didn't know about until the afternoon of that day who was going to pitch at night. So that's been a new experience for me, too. I've, you know, once in a while this that happens, but not like consecutive days where you're going, who's pitching tomorrow? Post game, you say, who's pitching tomorrow? And the manager goes, yeah, we haven't gotten that far yet. We still have discussions that we have to have. So uh it has been an interesting year and so maybe we'll get some more clarification tonight as to who's pitching in those uh, last two games it, it appears from what i could tell that they have madison bumgarner going game two supposedly and then corbin martin going game three so that's what it looks like they're thinking is going to happen but it's obviously not going to be official uh what are your thoughts on this series do you think it'll be a competitive series? Do you think the Diamondbacks are going to be able to get a couple wins here? What do you think is going to happen? I think it's always competitive, and it's so hard to predict when you go to Coors Field. I know that's a cliche, but uh, you guys see it far more than I do, but I feel like I watch 100 games a year at Coors Field just because every game feels so long, and you just never know. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a battle. It's not so much just that the ball flies. It's just there's just – Things happen at Coors Field, yeah. uh, especially between these two teams, uh, that just make it kind of a, a, always an interesting. And sometimes it, it feels like it's who's going to be the last team standing at the end of nine innings when these two teams meet, especially at, at, at Coors. So I think the Diamondbacks uh, certainly are not taking anybody for granted right now the way they're playing. Um, so they would be thrilled to win a couple games, uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, the, and you know, despite oh, go ahead, go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, you know, despite all the injuries, it seems like they've been able to kind of keep morale up in the clubhouse. You know, the the post-game dance that they do when they win games um, that is spearheaded by Eduardo and David Peralta seems like a lot of fun. You know, whenever those videos come across my Twitter timeline, I always watch. And I, I mean, it, to me, it seems like they've been able to kind of keep club morale high despite you know everything that they've been going through. Have you gotten any sense that they're like, you know, keeping their mindset in a positive way despite the injuries so far this season? I think one of the hardest things about covering a team now during COVID when you can't go in the clubhouse is that it's so hard yeah. to get that, that, that real feel for how the room is. Uh, it seems to be, it seems to be fine. Um, but not being in there, it's hard to know for sure. I think that they, they went on that road trip, um, a three city road trip. It was uh, Washington, uh, Cincinnati and Atlanta and played extremely well. And that really kind of propelled them. I think they finished seven and three on that trip and they came home and everyone was happy. And that's when the dancing had started really uh, was during that trip. Uh, came home, had a decent homestand and then went 0 and six on a road trip, struggled on a homestand. Now they just got swept by the Dodgers. So there hasn't been much dancing. I think, you know, about in the last 10 games they've danced, but uh, it is something to to see, and that was funny. We talked about doing a story on it at MLB.com, and like, hey, this is really interesting because, like Michaela said, people 
respond when they see it on social media because they're just having so much fun with it. And so I said, okay, that'd be a good story. I'll look into that. And that was just before they left on that 0-6 road trip. So um, haven't made much progress on that story yet. But maybe, uh, yeah. maybe in the future we'll be able to, to have some more info on that. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I know that all too. Well. What, I need Ryan McMahon to heat up with the bat a little bit so I can publish something on you, buddy. <laughs> you know, I got it ready to go, man. I just right in the middle of the the cold stretch is not the best time. Uh, but yeah, so see, so I don't know if you've noticed that the uh, Colorado Rockies are two completely different teams on the road and at home. Uh, I think this is something that's actually gathered some national attention as well, mostly because of how extraordinarily dreadful they are on the road but then when you look at it and they're sitting at you know i think they're still plus 500 at home even though that red series got all messed up uh and and so is is there any sense of like understanding of like well yeah this is a bad team but not necessarily wins that should be had uh when you're going into course field aside like you said wonkiness aside that maybe these guys are a slightly more capable bunch because you know if you get them in your spot you better beat them right if they come to your house you better beat the colorado rockies yeah but i again I, the, the the dimebacks have no can't take anybody lightly this year where they came into course field and i think they lost that series uh you know early in the season so uh i don't think they're taking i don't think they're, they're going to course field thinking okay we're going to get healthy now against the rockies um I think they're thinking we're desperate to win ourselves, and this is going to be two teams who are who are, you know, look desperate for wins. I mean, they want to win. This is it's been a tough stretch for for both franchises. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about the silver lining of you know a high draft pick, and you've talked about the GM not really being in favor of rebuilds. Dick Monford has been famously or infamously, depending on where you stand, against hard rebuilds and and tearing down to to start over again. But is there any kind of sense that, hey, with a strong farm system, especially with the injuries, and you can kind of point and throw up your hands and go, you know what, last season, it was maybe too early for these guys anyway. Why not just kind of go the other way, lose as many games as possible, get a high draft pick, and then take another run at this thing in 2022? I think if, if they get to the, the trade deadline and, and they're where they're at now, I think that they, they might try to move some guys that are getting closer to, you know, free agency, whether that is Eduardo Escobar or David Peralta or, you know, some of the veterans that they have that, that might uh, bring in some return. I, I think you could see that happen. Um, Peralta been, would be a great get for a contender. Yeah, that guy fit in on energy a lot of energy. Anywhere. energy. Yeah. He plays with a lot of energy, and it was, yeah. it was fun the other night. They they got uh, they got beat pretty good the other night at home, but he got the pitch, and uh, he pitched a ninth inning. And, and what was great about that is that he came up in the Cardinals system uh, years and years ago as a pitcher, and then blew out his arm, and uh, went back home and and quit baseball and then reinvented himself as an outfielder and came back through independent ball working at McDonald's to kind of pay the bills and supplement things while he was, while he was playing outfield and independent ball. And, and so this was his, this was a big moment for him. Cause he, he said, I finally got to, to, to hear now pitching David Peralta in a major league stadium <laughs> blowout 17 to two or whatever it was uh, in the ninth inning. Um, but he got that that experience. So he he's a he what I'm trying to say is he's a good clubhouse guy. I think he's a he's a good guy to have around. Eduardo Escobar is a good get in terms of the the energy that he he would bring. Cole Calhoun's obviously a a good leader in the clubhouse. So yeah, they do have some some valuable pieces. I think David Peralta's story to the major leagues is probably one of my favorite stories in all of baseball. But speaking of blowouts and position players pitching, <laughs> what is your take on Mr. Tony Russo's comments the other day? I'm so interested to know what your stance is on this. I find this whole Tony LaRusso's manager thing just fascinating. I mean, <laughs> when they when they named him, I turned to Nick Picoro, who is uh, writes for the Arizona Republic, covering the Diamondbacks, and I said, "Oh man, this is just going to be nonstop this year of just things to talk about." And God bless Tony; he has not let us down. <laughs> I think. Look, I think if a guy swings three zero when he was given the take sign. Now he was given the take sign. That kind of gets like lost in the shuffle. Now 
that I don't agree with. If you get a sign to take, you should take. That aside, the unwritten rule about it's it's whatever the score is and it's three and oh and you're not supposed to swing and it's a position. I mean, that's that to me, it just gets a little too carried away. And and um, so I don't buy into that. I think it's probably bad if you're if you ignore a sign to take, if you're given a take sign, you know, we we appreciate when when guys actually, you know, follow signs, but uh for Tony to make that kind of deal about it is just, I don't think you'd find another manager in baseball that would do it. And I think that's what's so fascinating about having him in Chicago. Is that who else calls out their own player who hit a home run? And then the next night when the twins throw behind him, he's defends the twins. It was, I mean, this is, this is, I mean, if you're a writer covering the white Sox, it's, it's something every day. <laughs> team had the yeah. manager of the year last year. Uh, yes. The White Sox had the American League Manager of the Year last year, and they decided, no, no, you know what we need is this. It's a fascinating, fascinating hire. I mean, I, I, it's just, you know, A.J. Hinch was out there. There was a lot of talk about, wow, A.J. Hinch would be a perfect fit with this, you know, young team. And, and no, it's Tony La Russa. So that's, uh, yeah. That, that's my thoughts on that. I, I understand being upset if a guy, you know, ignores a sign, but uh, the unwritten rule about 3-0, I, I think that gets a little over the top. I was so shocked by that hire because you have one of the youngest teams in baseball that has the most talented, the young core. You know, you got Tim Anderson down there, all these like, great young guys. And then you have a manager who's in his 70s, who's super old school, hardcore, just like an old school baseball guy. And I'm just like, what? how did that, like, where... What was the decision and, process? <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure that there's a, I mean, and Tony has a, a, a ton of baseball knowledge and experience and it's, uh, it just seemed like an, it, like uh, uh, something that would be an interesting fit and lead to a bunch of stories during the year. And so far we've, we've had a few. I, yeah. All right, Steve, before we let you go, last thing, I, I need you to finish the David Peralta story. How do you do on the hill? What, what was the line uh, approximately? Uh, the line was a little ugly. I it gave up a home run. Uh, but he promised Tori, you know, he's been, he's been begging Tori to pitch for like three years now. And Tori's big fear was if you put a guy who has a pitching background on the mound, they're going to try to overthrow they're gonna throw breaking balls. And, and all they need is for David Peralta, right. With all the injuries they have to, to hurt himself oh, yeah. okay, pitching. So he promised Tori that he would not throw hard and he would not throw any breaking balls. So he was throwing about, 40 something, 50 miles an hour. Uh, so that didn't necessarily go well. He did strike out one batter and uh, Escobar was over there in the dugout signaling that they wanted the baseball. So he's got, the <laughs> he said that is going the night before he picked up his 800th career hit. So that baseball is going next to a strikeout baseball. And his so uh, that's fantastic. And as long and as you know, it, was, it, was, it was, it was a light moment in in an otherwise <laughs> terrible night for the Diamondbacks. And sure. that sometimes is the value, I guess, of having a position player pitch is it kind of like, you know, uh, doesn't leave as bad a taste in your mouth when the night is over. Right. Uh, Rocky's had one of those with Josh Fuentes pitching. And you also reminded me that as long as he didn't give up a home run to the pitcher, because that's what Daniel Descalso did when he pitched against the Rockies at Coors Field, he gave up a home run to Herman Marquez. And so it's like, hey, look, position player, give up a home run, whatever. But when you give up a home run to the opposing pitcher, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> you know, I remember that, Descalso. And you know what was great about that game is that there was actually, you know, balls put in play when Descalso was on the mound. And, and I think that's something that you kind of enjoy. Strike out, whatever, whatever, you walk. And then, wow, balls put in play, guys running around. This is kind of fun to watch. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Steve, well, we appreciate you taking the time to preview this series, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> guess at what's going to happen. Let us know what's going on with the Diamondbacks these days. We'll have to catch up with you in the future and see how uh, your rebuild is going. It's my pleasure. I love to talk with you guys. Keep repping the Sun Devils in the press box. <laughs> forks up forever, baby. <laughs> These forks up. You better believe it. Uh, thanks, Steve. Appreciate thanks, it. Steve. You guys. Take care. Uh, all right. Well, that was a whole lot of fun. We will toast our Breck brews and our Breck Celsius a little early in the day for me, so I'm still on the Strava Craft coffee, but we will toast them to Steve Gilbert. Make sure you're checking out all his stuff at MLB.com, checking out everything that you need to know about the Diamondbacks, following him on Twitter. I think he's at Steve Gilbert MLB. Uh, so, yeah, great guy, fun follow. 
a lot of good baseball stories, knows his stuff. Uh, I really appreciate him taking the time today. And it's a good time since we've got uh, a little bit. Uh, we, we wanted to do that without interrupting him since he had a little bit of time with us today. Let you know about some of our friends beginning, of course, with Manscaped. Look, fellas, 2021, you got to get Manscaped. There's no more excuses. Four or five years ago, I get it. It was some trendy new thing that you were like, I don't know. Is that really something I need to bother with? It's it's standard. Now, it's requirement at this point. You've got to get Manscaped. You don't want to be the last guy out there not doing it. Plus, it just it makes you feel better, and it makes anyone who's making you feel better feel better, feel smoother, feel cleaner, smell better by getting Manscaped. And we've got, wait, is this one live? I got to make sure this one's live. Yeah, we've got the Lawnmower 4.0 out there. Absolutely huge news. There's been an upgrade. The 4.0 trimmer now available for purchase in USA and Canada. So you get and you do still get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use promo code DNVR. You gotta get it done, fellas. It's a must requirement. Again, that's DNVR at manscaped.com. You get 20% off plus free shipping on all of their fantastic products. Uh, also, while we're here, got to make sure to help our friends at Hassle Cattle Company. I've got my Hassle Cattle Company beef situation figured out. They just delivered the $200. Oh, I had to go over because you use promo code DMVR10. You get 10% off. And then it still has to be over $200. You get the free shipping on that Wagyu beef. It's absolutely delicious. Got a ton of ground beef, ground chuck, the bacon, the award-winning hamburger, steaks. Cooked up some sausage last night, a little bit of spicy sausage and uh, pasta sauce, some spaghetti stuff. It's absolutely delicious. Really, really good stuff. Wagyu beef, no hormones, antibiotics, any of that garbage in the animal, which means that it doesn't get into your body, which means it's also better for them, better for the environment, better for your wallet. A lot of times their prices are better than what you're going to find down at the grocery store for a much tastier product, for a much better product. So just check them out today at Hassle Cattle Company. It's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Michaela, Steve was fun. So fun. I love that guy. I We got a really fun friendship going on when I worked for the Diamondbacks. It was so great seeing him in the press box and getting to know him and all the beat writers that uh, work with the Diamondbacks. So I miss seeing him. It was the first time that we've seen him since, I, since I've seen him since I left Arizona. So it's cool to see yeah. my old friend again. <laughs> it's, it's funny. You know, he's one of those people I've had several very short conversations with because, as yeah. he said, you know, the Rockies and Diamondbacks play each other a lot. So we see each other in various press boxes and Arizona is also one of the easiest places to travel to. So in the early days when he whispers DNVR didn't back when actually I should say when BSN didn't have, you know, a whole lot of money to go traveling and stuff. Arizona was one of the easiest places to get to. So I covered several games down there at chase. So I'd see him, you know, in and around and we were introduced early on and you say hi and you get into a couple little conversations, but everyone's also at work. You know how those quick conversations go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Covering the baseball game or getting your interview with the ball player, the manager, whoever. Uh, So that's by far the longest conversation we've ever had. (laughs) Always obviously very pleasant guy. One of those people, you know, not everyone's like that. No. Not everyone walks into the press box with Mm-mm. positive energy and, and shaking people's hands back when that was allowed. And, you know, smiling, hey, how are you? What's going on? Very inviting. So it, it was fun to actually talk some baseball with him. Since yeah, he's a brilliant, brilliant baseball mind. But aside from being a brilliant writer and a brilliant baseball mind, he's just a good human being. Like, yeah. it's very intimidating walking into a Major League Baseball press box in a Major League Baseball locker room, especially as a female. Um, and so Steve, you know, kind of recognized that whenever I was there and always made an effort to, you know, talk to me make me feel comfortable and um, he will be a forever friend of mine and I'm so happy he could join us even though our teams are <laughs> struggling right so now right you put a big old smile on your face and your smile is brought to you by our friends at Green Mountain Dental make sure you head over to Green Mountain Dental Group just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver there in Lakewood when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam today they'll hook you up with a free sonic care toothbrush they'll treat you like family they know their sports they love taking care of the DNVR family. They've been a part of our family for a very long time. So if you need any dentistry work done 
Uh, you you got to support them. They support us, which also supports you. It ends up being this big, happy family of everyone supporting each other. So go on down to our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group today. Um, all right, Mac, as you said, a couple of teams not playing good, though. Rocky's playing better at home for sure. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Diamondbacks pitching situation. The Rockies will send Herman Marquez, Antonio Senzatella, and John Gray to the hill. An opportunity to take advantage of a hobbled, not well-performing Diamondbacks team. Not that the Rockies were awesome on that road <laughs> in the last couple of games, but what do we think? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think this is a winnable series, you know, the poor Diamondbacks. They are so banged up. There's there's missing so many of their like really key players that they rely on to, you know, be a, a functioning team. So I think, you know, and the Rockies are sending out the top of their rotation, you know, they're one, two, three guys. And um, you know, Seth Seth Frankoff, who's going <laughs> going today for the Diamondbacks, he has made one appearance so far this season. He went four and two thirds innings and gave up two runs. So not horrible. He didn't make it very far into the game. Um, I'm not sure, you know, <laughs> if we're going to be seeing a similar performance today at Coors Field. Um, you know, you could, you know how pitchers are when they, when they go to a new ballpark for the first time, especially a ballpark like Coors Field, the balls just don't move the same way that they normally do or that you're used to. So Seth Frankoff, Herman Marquez, I feel pretty comfortable taking Herman Marquez at home. Like you said, the, the Rockies are much better at home than they are on the road. And um, I think this is the time for the Rockies to take advantage of, you know, a, a banged up and bruised Diamondbacks roster. And, and I would hope that they would be able to sweep the series. You know, if you start looking at game two, Madison Bumbarner, Bumgarner, hello, versus Antonio Senzatella, that's where I kind of would see, you know, the – Diamondbacks being able to maybe take one of these three games from the Rockies. Obviously, yeah. Madison Bumgarner is a great pitcher, not as great as he used to be, right. getting a little up there in age and declining, but happens still, to the best of us. right, happens to the best of us. Um, you know, still doing great overall, though. So, I guess if I would have to give a game to the Diamondbacks, it would be game two. Um, Corbin Martin. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> is a person. Yep, he sure is. Um, so yeah, I would. I mean, I think they. Should, I think they could easily sweep the series. I hope they do. Um, I don't think that's asking for too much to expect a sweep. Um, but if they're gonna drop a game, it would probably be game two. So yeah, just looking at tonight, the Rockies are plus one eighteen with Marquez on the hill. Um, the over under for runs in the game is eleven and a half. So buckle up. Uh, <laughs> You know, and and even like we've even seen it, right? Even if Marquez goes seven innings and gives up one run, the Rockies bullpen is fully capable of giving up seven runs in those last two innings. And so, you know, we'll absolutely. See um, let's see. So uh, I know we're staying away from Marquez strikeouts. Actually, they may not be giving us Marquez strikeouts anymore. Because he's been so up and down. DraftKings may just be like, you know what? Maybe not. Um, anyone you like to hit a home run? CJ Crone came back hot. He's actually the the lowest bang for your buck. So the best odds to hit a home run, your worst odds to make money at plus 290. CJ Crone to, to kind of stay hot. Ryan McMahon at plus 320. Charlie Blackman may be due at plus 430. Um, Dom Nunez may also be due at plus 460. And Trevor Storch may also be due at plus 320. Yeah, um, I would be honestly comfortable taking anybody in our lineup to get a home run. I mean, I I feel like Seth Frankoff is about to get lit up. Um, I think this is the perfect series for the Rockies bats to finally wake up again for anyone that's in a hitting slump to kind of break out of that slump. Um, you know, I think especially like these veteran guys who like Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story, I mean, I think they're going to be able to figure out Seth Frankoff pretty easily and early on in the game. By their second at bat, they should be able to. You would you know, hope. I, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe Seth Frankoff is just like a an ace in disguise, and he's going to go out there and shock the world. Um, but I really think that you know tonight I would take the over on eleven runs. But you said the run line was at eleven. Eleven and a half. Yeah. So you need twelve between the two teams, but still. 
I would take that over, honestly. Yeah. I'm feeling, I don't know, am I crazy? Like, I just have a feeling that this is just going to be such a, a high-scoring series. No, um, I think you're right, again, because the, the Rockies' bullpen has been so bad, and Marquez has yet to be dominant. Senzatella's flirted with dominance once or twice, but have been very beatable the rest of the time. John Gray has been very, very good. It really hasn't been dominant. It's been consistently six innings, one or two runs every time out, you know, where that's three innings that this Rockies bullpen has to pitch. And who, 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 who are you handing the baseball to out of the Colorado Rockies bullpen right now? Oh, God. Um, oh. Look, man, it's we get they're, they're trying. It's not their fault, but, oi. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh god, it's so hard to think of who I trust with the baseball. I mean, even Sheffield had a really bad game this past uh, this past series that they played, and uh, I, he was my guy. Yeah, Sheffield and Stevenson had been your guys. They've been solid for most of the year, and then the last week and a half or so, they've both got blown up. Especially yeah. since that Stevenson grand slam, you know, when he inherited the the John Gray bases loaded situation, he's kind of been eating it since then. Michael Givens had been easily statistically the Rockies' best reliever by, by a comfortable margin, but then he came out and walked a bunch of dudes and threw two wild pitches that allowed runs. No, he just threw the one wild pitch. The other one was Stevenson or Sheffield or somebody, but it, it, it just, you know, he, he, he blew that save, finally given the save opportunity. He was like, okay, you're the guy doing it. Daniel Bard's been struggling enough. Givens had to be handed the closer job and his first opportunity to do it he just walked the bases loaded and threw a ball in the dirt. And, you know, it's just like, what are we like? There's nobody to hand the baseball to. So I don't yeah. Know. I mean, I don't even think you give Daniel Bard the baseball if it's a save situation. That's how I, scared I am. Probably go with Givens, who, again, the last time got a save opportunity at Coors Field, gave it away entirely. Not on guys hitting balls in the gap and over the wall, by he couldn't throw a strike and, and non competitive pitches, too. Nowhere near the strike zone. So was, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, real Coorsy cat. <laughs> love, love it. Uh, agree. You know, Lawrence has nasty stuff, but the the command isn't there. He's he's all over the place. He needs more seasoning, and you're you're you know, I'd like to see more of him, but you're not trusting him to close ball games for wins if that's what you want right now is wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it is you know again if you're aiming for that number one overall draft pick, a terrible bullpen is kind of a blessing in disguise. And you can go out there, starting pitcher can have a nice game. Your offense can put up some decent runs and then you can still lose because guys who won't be on the team a couple of years from now are blowing it, but it sucks to watch. Sucks to watch. I like, I like Brendan's comment. If we get swept this year, we can 100% call it quits. I mean, just throw in the towel at that point. Like if oh. <laughs> the battered and bruised, Diamondbacks with missing 11 of their key players can sweep the series from us. I don't know, Drew. We might need to reevaluate the not losing 100 games this season. I may have to at that point. But another thing that I I think gets left out of the – that I didn't make – I should say that I'm leaving out of that conversation. I was kind of looking around the standings the other day. It's just how many terrible teams there are in baseball. You would think, oh, man, the Rockies have been absolutely – exhaustingly awful out there at times they must be the worst team in baseball but they're not they're not Uh, (laughs) the minnesota twins have been worse and there are several there are like six other teams that are right in the neighborhood including the diamondbacks the orioles the pirates yeah the twins the rangers the angels still only have 19 wins yeah um the tigers have only won 17 yeah uh nationals 17 pirates Rockies, right. yeah. I mean, it's the discrepancy between like the bottom teams in the major league in major league baseball and the top right. teams in major league baseball is so vast right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it, it is brutal. It's the economics of it, and then there's the some teams that are trying to lose, right, and that being a viable strategy. But it's part of the reason why it can also be harder and harder to lose 100 games because you're going to have series like this one that pop up on your schedule and you go, oh, the Diamondbacks are coming into town. They're also bad. <laughs> and like, all right, let's see. Because, you know, you can sit there and go, well, the Rockies bullpen is like, well, what, you know, the Diamondbacks bullpen is, isn't especially awesome either. And they're having to deal with Coors Field as outsiders. So it's just like, yeah, I think it's going to be a messy set. Even if the Rockies get good starting pitching, we could see 
mirror image games. Every single game with a Rocky starter gives them a quality outing, but we're still looking at 13 to nine, 14 to nine ball games uh, each time because the bullpens are so bad. And Yeah. I mean, do you, I, I don't, do you think that this is kind of like a gut check series? Like if they do really bad in the series and the Diamondbacks manage to like sweep them or even take two of three, like at that point, do you think that people in the front office are just going to be like, all right, we got to really consider what we're going to be doing before this trade deadline, because we just got swept by a team that has basically missing a, a ton of their key players. Right. I mean, you um, would think that that would have to happen, right? Like maybe it's still too early for those conversations to be taking place, but ah. Uh, yeah, you know, I I guess I sort of get the sense that they're gonna kind of do what they're gonna do. Like I think they're gearing up for and they would never publicly call it this. And this is part of my frustration with this conversation is there's a huge gap between what the team is saying and what the team is doing. And it's also, I, I've, I've got to say, it's very, it's ironic to me that people will like dismiss absolutely everything this team, especially Dick Monfort says, um, until he says something that they can catch him on them. They'll be like, oh, he definitely 100% believes that. Like he definitely believes the team is going to be competitive this year. Like, no, that's just ownership speak. Every owner came out, the owner for the Reds and the Rangers and the Orioles and the Diamondbacks all came out and said, we're going to be competitive this year. And they're not, uh, you know, and, and so I, I do think there's a gap between that. I think the Rockies are rebuilding one way or another. I do think a lot of it depends on the Trevor story questions. We've of course talked about, and uh, I think they, they believe they've got an opportunity to keep it and rebuild around, them, which changes things, you know, and, and you can go in the off season and spend some money. Maybe you trade a few of these veterans to rebuild your farm system. CJ Chrome, Michael Gibbons, maybe a Charlie Blackman. If you can, that's an interesting question. Maybe offloading a John Gray or Herman Marquez, though that gets more complicated, but I don't think, you know, I, I think they'll trade Trevor story if they can't sign him and they won't, if they believe they can, regardless of how good or bad they are. And that's really the only thing that would signal like a full on sell and rebuild right is a trade of trevor story um because like trading john gray and Herman marquez i just don't think that that it's going to get you the full return uh you know the the, the totally restocks your farm system and it sort of sets you back too because now all you're trying to do is recreate john gray and Herman marquez a couple of years down the line um where a trade of trevor story sets you on an actual rebuild um but he's also young enough that he could stay through a quicker rebuild. So it's like, yeah, if he doesn't want to stay, you got to trade him. But I really do think that they'll like, no matter how bad they are, I don't think they'll go full on. Like we're going to sell everybody off mode. Cause they just don't really do that for better or for worse. Uh, Patrick would say for worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, um, and well, and, and yeah, the Corsi cat making more great points that you've also got the all-star game in Denver and, you know, you trade him right before the all-star game and how much extra terrible press comes from having announced mm. within a couple of months that you traded Nolan Arenado and Trevor story. Does oh my gosh. get that he's going to be a free agent and it might make sense or have you just pissed everybody off? So I think they're just going to run this thing out kind of no matter what. Mac and just play with the guys they've got and really start their rebuild or whatever they're going to do with the new GM and the new, and, and I actually don't disagree with that either. That just, there's a part of me that says, you know, let whoever you're going to bring in to be the next GM start making yeah. moves. It sucks with the Trevor story situation. Cause you might right. lose him for nothing. You yeah. Get a draft pick. yeah. But everything else, like let the next GM decide if Herman Marquez is the key piece of a trade that helps you restart your farm system or whether or not he's a key piece of your next competitive team. Cause he can be either he's young enough. He can be either of those things. So um, it just sucks in the meantime, cause you just have to sit there and watch them roll out this team and, and not say anything publicly about direction. Right. People just want to know right. what are they doing? But that's yeah. my take on what I think. They're doing. I need some time to like emotionally prepare myself, you know, like just give me like a little bit of a hit, like a heads up about what's going to happen. So I can like digest and like be prepared for when it happens. Yeah. I was literally like when they traded Nolan, I was out with my friends at a bar. Like I was like 
two drinks in, like, and then I got the notification on my phone that he got traded. I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. So I just need a little bit of a heads up. That would be great. Please, Dick Monfer, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, a little, a little heads up. Unfortunately, yeah. And maybe again, that'll be something that the next GM can be better about is communicating with the fans via the media and just letting people know. Um, but I, I think it's kind of fair for everybody. Like, and if I'm Trevor's story, who again I don't think is chomping to get out of town. Um, yeah, I still do want to know who the next GM is going to be. I know. And, and the answer to your questions about what is the plan? Yeah. You know, what are we doing? How? When do we expect to be competitive again? Because maybe if I'm story, I go. I can do one more year in 2022 of maybe not being great. If you guys, you know, if we do whatever, if I'm sure we're, we're rebuilding the farm system, get an analytics team, if it, you know, whatever. And then quick rebuild, we turn around, we think we're going to be good in 23. It, it all changes the conversation. So it'll be a fascinating one. But until they name that next GM, it's hard for me to want them to declare a plan too hard one way or the other, because whatever the plan is going to be, it should be who the, the plan of the person who's coming in, right? That person should be bringing their plan here, hopefully with Coors Field and all the stuff you're talking about in mind. Um. So you kind of want to give them the freedom to do whatever they want, whether that's sure. trying to re-sign Trevor Story or letting him walk for the draft pick, these other guys. So I just wish they could do it right now. But the middle of the season is a hard time to go and get, especially because the, the best person to be GM might currently be working for one of the other teams in baseball. And you can't do that right now. It's so like Thad Levine would be great, but yeah, got a job. <laughs> the twins are terrible. Hopefully they fire him. Hopefully they're so bad. They fire him. Then the Rockies can hire him mid season. I don't know. It's, it's, it's brutal, man. We just got to sit here and watch him. What was the direction list? Yeah. Kind of, Wait in the water, just kind of. Yeah. And, you know, when Steve was talking about the state of the two teams, like <laughs> I know that you're not a farm system ranker believer, but it just kind of like put another thing in just to perspective, like, you know, the Diamondbacks, at least they have something to look forward to. Like, you know, with us, it's like, ugh, like, you know, the, the Rockies high A team, their triple A team and their double A or like three of their four teams are the worst in their respective leagues. So well, yeah, it's just like, at all. I mean, that's one of those things that, that really, right. I mean, but, but the, uh, this, I'm trying to say like the state of the two teams, like it, it, it sucks. Like, just like what you're saying, like sitting here waiting in the water, like trying to figure out like yeah. what the direction this team is going to go, but it would make it like a little bit more variable if we just had like something to look forward to. But like, in my opinion, and I know you disagree with me, I just don't think we have those pieces to look forward to like the Diamondbacks do. So it just kind of was like another like, ah, yeah. Moment. Well, no, and and to be clear on that, like the Rockies farm system is not good. I quibble with the details. It's kind of like when somebody says, you know, X team has the best defense in the NFL, and they're measuring it based on like yards given up or something like that. It's just like it's just too definitive of a statement for me when people go, the Rockies have the worst farm system in baseball. It's like that's there are like two hundred and fifty human beings in a farm system, and you've accurately measured every single one of them and lined them up in a completely objective way. And those guys say they're 29th, but these guys say they're 26th. And that guy actually says they're 24th after the Nolan on an auto trade. And back when they said they were 15th, they really should have been ranked 10th. And so it's more about those like quibbles and finer details. Like they're not way off. The Rockies farm system is bad and needs to be made better. But I also think it's a quicker it can be a much quicker turnaround than people realize the Rockies farm system was rated one of the worst in baseball from like 2010 to 2013. And then they hit on a couple of drafts, made a couple of nice trades, a couple of nice pickups in the international market. And all of a sudden they had a farm system that was full of all the guys who basically make up the team now. <laughs> yeah. And you know, they, they all turned into pretty good ball players and it wasn't because they committed to some grand rebuild or, hit on all these big trades or whatever. They just drafted and developed well for a few years. And, you know, they've missed on some draft and develop over the last couple of years. But I think you can turn that around a little bit quicker. And it would help to make one or two good trades to rebuild the farm system as well. Um, oddly enough, uh, and, and we'll have to get Patrick in on this too, almost all the guys from the Nolan Arenado trade are performing very well in the minor leagues right now. And at the – well, we've quibbled and quabbled <laughs> over the Austin Gomber ERA versus – progressive and 
regressive linear progression, but yeah. I think Austin's done a great job so far this season. I think he has performed higher than what I was expecting him to perform, especially for the type of pitcher that he was told he was or that he was projected to be and how he's adjusted to pitching at Coors Field. I like the guy. I'm high on him. I think he's super talented, and I think he has all the tools necessary to develop into a lights-out pitcher. And I'm – I don't know why people are – I Well – I get – I understand the negative connotation because of who he's attached to, but I think he's going to be so good if he can, um, you know, just keep working on that command and making sure that curveball moves in the right direction and, you know, doesn't hang hang over the plate. I think he's going to be – incredible and i'm so happy that we got him i mean he he looks like he's going to be and he's going to be around for quite a while at a very team-friendly contract so you know it's going to be interesting to see what part uh, of the future he plays and yeah uh from the colorado virtual sports network that's pretty cool excited to see toglia special talent there yeah he's been hitting nothing but dinger dongers all year like uh he, he's been he's been fantastic not great with the consistency yet but that power you say dinger stuff. dongers <laughs> dinger dongers you know again 20 percent off at manscaped.com plus free shipping use promo code dmvr well and also too um kyle freeland's coming back his rehab assignment yeah. in albuquerque was great brendan rogers yeah. is right behind him you know, we've got some new faces, well, not new faces, but like new to the season faces right, <laughs> that right. are that are joining the team that might provide that extra little boost that they need to kind of turn things in a more positive direction. But, um, you know, Kyle Freeland's coming back. Tigers fan hanging out, just couldn't get enough pain, I guess, with your team had to come and... <laughs> I love the Tigers because they got my guy, Spencer Torkelson. Go Tigers. Torque. I can't wait. Torque bombs. Love the Tigers. Bring in, What's up? Bring in the torque. And yeah, and that really, the other part of my contention about the farm system ranking is there's also a technicality to it that I thought was leaving out as I ended up dubbing them, right? The Lost Boys. And you just mentioned one of yes. them. What, what we're really talking about here is not how do you rank the guys who are technically in the farm system or how do you do what we're really talking about is young talent that can be a part of the future, right? The Rockies present sucks. So who's around sucks future, right? And so you look at a guy like Brendan Rogers, Colton Welker, Ryan Rollison, or even guys who are a little bit older, like Ryan McMahon, Josh Fuentes, Josh Fuentes, doing certain things maybe connor joe is working into that mix oh oh connor you joe <laughs> and, and again not a young young player connor joe's right. not 28 year old prospect yeah but these guys who don't have a lot of experience in the big leagues but who could very well be cogs in your machine moving forward and so i think that's you know really what the season has been about is deciding who is and who isn't um and, and some of these guys are a little bit of surprises. Some of them aren't. But McMahon can be somebody that you build on. Rodgers is, is a guy I just – we need to see it. Yeah. Um, and Freeland is honestly another one where there's there's yeah. as many question marks there. As fun as the one season was, you want to see if this is a guy you can build your next successful rotation around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what if the Rockies are just like fooling all of us and they're playing like their own weird version of Moneyball and we just don't know it? Here's here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say to that. I I think they kind of are, but that they unlucked and lucked into it. It was Mm. all the time. First of all, they unlucked into it because they created a terrible situation where they pissed off Nolan Arenado and ran him into running himself out of town. And that really just blew up any opportunity for them to be competitive around this team anymore. Right. But the fact that all of this is happening now, when you do have a bunch of free agents, no bad contracts, a lot of young guys who you don't know exactly what they're going to be. You do have these lost boys, right? Where you're like, okay, there's young players. How much farm system do we need? And at what position? Right. What, what, where do we really need guys? Hint pitching is is the answer to that question. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I, I, oh my God, Drew, I've never agreed with you so much before on something. But like also like if you if they if they can manage to sign Trevor, right? Like let's say for whatever reason Trevor wants to stay here. Great, we love that. I'm not mad at a Ryan McMahon, Brendan Rogers, Trevor Story, Josh Fuentes infield. No. That sounds pretty good to me. 
Then DH comes to the National League, so Charlie Blackman moves into that spot. If he can get the bat back, we'll see. You, you may end up having to well, – well, the Charlie Blackman conversation we can kick down the road or whatever. But then you've got a slew of interesting but not overwhelming outfielders. So that may be a place where you say, okay, if we're unloading Michael Gibbons or C.J. Crone or uh, Carlos Estevez or you know any of these people that might have some value now, you're not going to get a ton for them. But you might be able to get a decent toolsy outfielder who can come and roam center field, like a guy who can't hit but can just play the hell out of center field. We've always wanted to see someone do that at Coors. They've never really had that Billy Hamilton type. You know, he's playing for the Sox right now, not doing a a whole lot out there, contributing some. But maybe the White Sox need a a couple of relievers. Stretch run. They're playing great. They could use a Michael Gibbons and a Carlos Estevez. You you get back a, a Billy Hamilton, not because he's a part of your future, but, you know, just to see him run around Coors Field and get the sense of, but I'd rather a young player like that could be a part of your future. But those are the kinds of conversations you can have and and really start to build. Because you're right. Like, I think there are the key pieces here. Reputation is great. And you can rewind a bullpen in an offseason in a hurry, especially when you've got cash to spend. It's just spending on the bullpen. Uh, we know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Let's right. not do that again. Ever again. Never, never, never. Nope. Hundred and what was it? Hundred and eighteen million dollars, something like that. Yeah. Nope, we're not. Yeah. We're not doing that again. No, don't <laughs> do that. But uh, yeah, I mean, oh, uh, they have reinstated Brendan Rodgers just now, one minute ago. Rockies announced oh. they have reinstated Brendan Rodgers from the ten-day injured list and have optioned Alan Trejo to AAA, so he could be playing this weekend. I mean, he should be if he's ready to go. He's got to get right back in there. There's no reason to wait. No reason to stick him on the bench and be like, get your feet wet, kid. It's like, what, you, you don't want him playing against the Diamondbacks? You don't get him out there. Let's see him Let's let's see him go. Yeah, so hey. Brendan yeah. Rodgers comes back. That Alan, whatever his name was, <laughs> just kidding. Trejo went back to Albuquerque. Okay. Then you got you got Kyle Freeland that's ready to come back. So then that means Chi-Chi's out, right? I'm assuming they're going to keep Austin in the rotation and Chi-Chi's going to yeah. get the boot. And which kind of sucks for Chi-Chi because he's been pitching so well. At the same time, the bullpen needs someone who can pitch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, why can't you use Chi-Chi as, like, a like a middle inning reliever guy that can go, like, two or three innings and, you know, kind of provide that, that, that long or, relief in the middle? Or even go the other because that's what he's best suited for. But, like, yeah. we're talking about with nobody else to hand the baseball to, if Herman goes seven innings, gives up one run on three or four hits – and you've got a 4-1 lead in the eighth. Let Chi-Chi finish the game. Hand the ball to Chi-Chi. Let, yeah, yeah, let him pitch them both. Yeah. So, you know, things might be looking up, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, guys. The Rockies' fifth starter might be their best reliever. Things are looking up. <laughs> uh, Real Corsi Cat said uh, Rogers is in the lineup tonight. So Excellent. I was just trying to find it. So that's fantastic. Let's Brennan see. Rogers is coming back. That's Batting six, playing second base for your Colorado Rockies. Can you read the lineup? Oh, wait, I just got it, too. I got a notification. Batting first, playing left field, Raimel Tapia. Batting second, playing shortstop, Trevor Story. Batting third, playing right field, Charlie Blackman. Cleaning it up, batting uh, fourth and playing first base, C.J. Crone. Ryan McMahon will bat fifth and play third base. Brendan Rodgers making his season debut at sixth in the lineup, playing second base. Garrett Hampson out there in center field. He's gotten really good at center field, by the way. Uh, we didn't talk about that more. But batting seventh, not hitting especially well, uh, but there he is. And then Dom Nunez catching, batting eighth. Due to hit a donger tonight, by the way. Uh, a good old dinger donger brought to you by my friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Put it down, lock it up. Do get yourself downloaded on the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook today. Do it this week, especially because it's uh, hammer the overtime, so it's a lot of fun. You know, you love to bet on baseball, basketball, football, and hockey, or maybe you know competitive chess drafts. They got all kinds of stuff on there. It's a whole lot of fun. It makes it interesting. Put a little extra skin in the game. Win yourself some money and hammer the over. You download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. You use promo code ENBR and you sign up to hammer the over for every 1,500 people that bet the over in a featured game. The line will decrease by a point. Yes, this means that your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting increases every time you get you or someone else to bet that over. Get your friends, family, everybody involved. It's a full team effort. 
hammer the over, improve your odds of doubling your money. It's a promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. Max $25 wager, one per customer. Offer ends on May 23rd. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. You can have a gambling call at 1 800 Rogers in the lineup tonight. That that makes the game a lot more fun and interesting for Rogers. Like you said, this is one of those things that actually could have a, a, a huge impact on whether or not the Rockies need to have a soft rebuild or a long rebuild. If Rogers ain't it, you you may have a longer rebuild on your end. But like yeah. Michaela was just saying, if the future of your if twenty twenty two, you're looking at. Rogers, who's really established himself and looks like he might be that future all star that he's been You have a re sign Trevor Story. You've got Ryan McMahon, who's going to fight himself in there. You've got the core of something to build on. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, and then look at the outfield. Like, you know, so you've got Ryan McMahon, Trevor Story, if he stays, Brendan Rogers, Josh Buck is in the infield, um, Rymel Tapia, Garrett Hampson, maybe Zach Bean. In that outfield, be a little early by twenty-two, maybe twenty-two. Too early. A little bit. Brett okay. Doyle is an interesting guy in the minors that I don't think gets talked about quite enough. He's not the exciting again. He's not Zach Veen. He's not that guy that you, you get really excited about. But he yeah. could be. Um, you know How are we feeling about Sam Hilliard? Oh, that that one's tough. I'm I'm not. I have not given up on Sam Hilliard yet. He he was okay. clearly overmatched, you know, this year. And it's tough for these guys that had no minor league year yes. last year. Remember, there yeah. was like no baseball, no minor leagues. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to take um, off. By the way, my Wi-Fi jumped out, so I thought you stopped. But yeah, so I, you know, I'm I'm not out on Hilliard yet. But you can't have him at the big striking out in half of his at bats, and so he's he's got to get it together a little bit. There's a lot of talent to like there but you know i i still think he's probably a, a fourth outfielder for his career moving forward probably not someone you build around or, or you're right, right, right. as a starter all the time um I, yeah i think if there's another outfielder in the mix you know daza's made an interesting candidate uh candidacy for himself but can you go with tapia and daza no thump in your outfield and then you're just counting on charlie blackman who, you know, who's getting older and older in right field to do the, the thump. So that's where you're getting thump out of McMahon story. Rogers will give you, look, if, if it clicks for him, that's part of his game. If, if It's like what I said about Toppy, you know, what translates from the minors translates to the majors. There's 25 home runs at the big league level in Brendan Rogers' back. So to have that at second base is nice. But they need a they need another thumper and that out yeah. and it's a bit before Zach Veen gets there. But you got money to spend. Is that what you spend it on? Definitely not the bullpen. <laughs> but don't spend it on the bullpen, right? So it's like, yeah, spend most of your money. Resign Trevor Story. Go get a big stick to play right field and hope that you can DH Charlie moving forward, right? Yeah. And then spend little dollar amounts signing every low level reliever that you can to rebuild yes. the bullpen. That's a quick rebuild that could work. If that's what I think you want us to be good next year. Drew Creaseman, we just fixed the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> Sign it up. Why don't they hire us? Are they doing interviews down there right now? I, Let's walk down. The it's job is open. Like, right? Knock on Dick's door. It's like, like, I heard you guys were hiring. We're here. <laughs> we've got an idea. We know exactly how to solve this team. Got it fixed for you. So maybe it's not, I mean, Talking through all this, though, has made me feel actually a little bit better. Like, I, maybe the situation isn't as bleak as I was painting it out to be. You know, I think this season's, you just, it's a wash. Like, this season, you just got to <laughs> yeah. muscle through and kind of get, take yeah. it for what it is. You know, let the young guys get some more playing experience. And then next season, you know, I think if they can retain story and, like you said, find like a, on story and Rogers yes. in the scenario we just played out. Yes, and Kyle Freeland too, honestly, because sure. you know if they can keep K, K free, uh, I mean, I I don't know. I feel the better. Location of Marquez again. We'll see what happens with Gray, but right, you can re-sign him. But of Marquez Freeland, Sensatella Gomber, and really I'm not mad. Even and that's without John Gray, so you know. 
it's you got to totally rework the bullpen obviously absolutely that that goes without saying but the rest there's there's good young players here and that's why i push back against the farm system it's not the farm system isn't bad it is and they need to restock it they need to rework that but there's good young talent here just who's going to click who's not and who's going to stay and who's not we forget the guys like Marquez are 26, Kyle Freeland's 27, John Gray's 28. You know, they're they're getting up there, but they're not ancient yet. Yeah. Real Corsi Cat asked if you could only keep one story or gray, who do you pick? Ugh. So for me, the answer to this question is gray. Yeah, I agree. But I also pitching. say gray. Yeah. It's just the yeah, it's no, it's so much like you have to build a team around solid starting pitching. If your starting pitching sucks, it's going to be a long season. And, you know, finding someone like John Gray, it, it's, it's easier. I don't take, oh my God, don't take this no, the wrong way. You're correct. It's Say it. so much easier to replace Trevor Story than it is to replace John Gray. So obviously I would want to stick with John Gray, but like, I'm not saying that like Trevor's story sucks and is like easily replaceable. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying like starting pitching is so valuable in this league. Any position player can be, remember that phrase in Moneyball when they're talking about when Jason Giambi is gone and they're talking about replacing him. This is no, we're going to recreate him in the aggregate. You don't, you don't replace Trevor story with another shortstop. Who's just as good as Trevor story. There's only a handful of those guys. That's, that's not what McKay right. was saying. What she's saying is that as a team offense, you can make up for the lost production from Trevor story with two guys who come up a little bit. You've got that there on the mound. You cannot recreate in the aggregate. You hand the baseball to one guy to start the game or, or out of the bullpen or whatever. And then it's, it's just you you've got to have the guy who knows how to pitch at Coors Field and there are so I was just gonna say that. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna say John Gray is a home, like not a homegrown, he's not from it's not from here, right? But well, he like he came up through the system, right? Yeah. So he's been he's been in this Rocky system his entire career. You cannot devalue the the value of knowing how to pitch at Coors for yeah. this team. That is one of the most valuable aspects that a pitcher can possibly have for the Colorado Rockies right. is having service time and knowing how to pitch in course field. And that is just one of the most valuable aspects that John has is just because he's been here and he's come up through the system and he's been able to kind of figure out and adjust course field. And it takes a while to do that. Like you see it now with Austin, you know, he, some of the th- things that he's struggling with now, he didn't struggle with when he played for the Cardinals. So. Right. Uh, and it, it reminds me a lot of the early struggles of guys like Gray and my cousin Sensatella, and I can see him working through it the way they were working through it. You need a couple years to do that. And I think in a couple of years, Austin Gomber could be really, really consistently very good, like we're seeing John Gray has been this year. But yeah, I just that's why for me, you were talking about the kind of the unease of not knowing. That's the one thing I'd really love to hear them announce is that they've extended John Gray. Because yeah. that gives you your pitching rotation for a, for a minute. And then it's all haggling over what we were just talking about. Which one of these young position guys hit and who doesn't? Then you go out into free agency and trades and look for what you don't have. And that's interesting. But Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, the Rockies would be foolish not to extend Gray. Like, uh, the rotation yeah. now is the best that it's ever been. And I know that they've gone through a little bit of a struggle recently. But, like, I just don't see how you can lose this rotation. Yeah. That scares me more than anything, honestly. Right. Like that it's scares me more than losing Trevor's story because Yeah. Ah, <laughs> return for Trevor, right? And again, yeah. I don't think you'd get a great return for John. So it's just like you trade story, you get a couple more quality pitchers, maybe some of them end up in the bullpen, maybe you get one bat out of the deal again an outfielder. We've talked about someone with some thump out there might help. But you can turn around and rebuild quickly if you keep that starting rotation intact. If not, you start trading members of the rotation. Then we're looking at a three, four, five year long full teardown rebuild. Yeah. But I feel better. This made me feel good. good. All right. <laughs> well, that's that's something. Let's see if Brendan Rogers can play well and also make us feel better. And then soon Kyle Freeland can return and, and we'll have some good feels. This is a great series to debut for this that's season. That's right. <laughs> right? Facing TBD, TBD should be good for Brendan Rogers. We love that for him. <laughs> Got to Oh, man. Now I'm nervous again. I forgot about being nervous for Brendan because he's a really good guy and yeah. and he's a really talented kid. And you don't want to, you know, 
You don't want to see injuries derail a person's group. We talked about that earlier. You don't want to see injuries derail it. And, you know, the expectations thing or people going, oh, you are what you were in your first 80 at-bats in the bigs. It's like you just want to see him get the opportunity to be the baseball player he's been his entire life, every other level at the big leagues. I just want to see him relax and settle into it and get to play ball a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us for this one. This was a whole lot of fun. We appreciate each and every single one of you. Make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com so that you don't miss out on any of the written content. Plus, you get discounts on hats, shirts, masks, a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. And you get to hang out with us in the Discord channel 24-7, chatting about anything and everything under the sun. And right now, when you sign up for the annual subscription, we'll hook you up with a free shirt from the DNVR locker and a free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. Check them out at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, wellness.com. We'll hook you up with that free 10 milligram stick of CBD for just signing up for the annual subscription. Then after that, you can use promo code DNVR30 with those folks to get 30% off. Again, check them out at holisticwellness.com. Absolutely fantastic products there. We do appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out with us for this show. Make sure you're following on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Michaela E. Perkins, of course, at Patrick D. Lyons, and at DNVR underscore Rockies. You got to be on the TikTok account. Uh, Those wings that RK and Brandon were just reviewing, those looked absolutely delicious. You got to find out which popular icons of the past Michaela thinks are other popular icons of the past. Just just quality stuff on the TikTok. So be a member of the DNVR family uh, because it's one big, loving, happy family. And we appreciate each one of you for being absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We promise to keeping absolutely Michaela Perkins and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.